Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Well, here we are. It is Tuesday night again, and it's uh, time for Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we're just getting rolling again. We had a little hiatus there, and uh, it's really good to be back back on track. Um, we had a great interview uh, last week with uh, Dr. Rich Park, uh, professor at Vanguard University and uh, uh, an incredibly smart man um, and uh, very in touch with millennials and and is one himself <laughs> on the on the on the very beginning of it and um, uh, so we had we had a great you might want to go back and and uh, pick that one up Um in our uh, in our podcast, uh, and so many great interviews we have, they're all still archived. You can just keep rolling back, and you can find Oz Guinness, and you can find Tony Campolo, and and uh, Leonard Sweet. It, it's uh, it, there's an incredible collection of folks, and not for the first time at all is our present guest. Uh, who I think we've had at least twice or three times, and and he's also filled in for me a number of times on uh, uh, as as a uh, our pastor of our church, uh, our online church on Sunday nights, which you really should check out um, if you haven't yet. Facebook, um, you just go to uh, facebook.com forward slash the catch. And uh, on Sunday nights at 6 p.m., we have church, and you really should check it out. Um, But tonight is uh, is Blog Talk Radio with uh, pastor and author Keith Giles. He's a former pastor who abandoned the pulpit to follow Jesus and ended up founding a church where 100% of the offering is given away to help the poor in his surrounding community. And author of a number of books, uh, one of the ones we've talked about here and is uh, Untangled, uh, Jesus Untangled, Crucifying Our Politics to Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. An excellent book to help us uh, dissect po- po- the whole political influence on Christianity and on the church in the last number of years. Uh, I highly recommend that. Uh, He has a new book out that we will talk about towards the end of our broadcast tonight. But um, we want to start out with uh, something very interesting that he is doing to help people uh, deconstruct and reconstruct their faith. I'll have him tell you all about it. Uh, But 
uh, I want you to uh, warmly welcome our special guest, Keith Giles. Keith, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio, The Catch. Hey, John. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be uh, your guest again. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this topic. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in this topic because, as you know, I have spoken often at uh, uh, colleges and Christian colleges and universities throughout the country. And, you know, a lot of those kids that go to those uh, institutions have grown up in Christian homes and they've, they've, they've kind of been spoon fed the faith. And Mm -hmm. when they get away to college, it's their first time away and they start to actually think for themselves. And, uh, (laughs) Um, yeah. you know, it, I, I actually think that Christian college is a great time to take your faith back apart and put it back together. And I, I find a lot of people do that. And, and, uh, you know, certain, and when you go through that process, I know in a Christian college, some kids lose their faith. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to talk to a little bit about, you know, does that happen? But uh, first, just give us kind of the parameters of what we're talking about. Um, how does this work, and and how do you help people think through the questions that they have about belief? Yeah. So I guess um, what <clears throat> a lot of my own journey, you know, I've been probably for the last, uh, you know, you mentioned kind of like how I left the pulpit and started this house church and we, we started a community that gave away all the offering to the poor in the community. And that was, that was sort of me deconstructing what is church and what does it mean mm. to be the body of Christ. And, and so yeah. I started questioning things like that. And before that, even I was questioning, even um, I had a big epiphany of like what the gospel was. Like I thought the gospel was just saying a prayer so I'd go to heaven when I died. And then suddenly after even being licensed and ordained, uh, it took me a while to figure out that, well, no, that the gospel was what Jesus talked about. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels was actually about entering the kingdom of God right now. And it wasn't about after I'm dead. It's about, you know, the gospel for my life. And so, you know, I, I've been questioning lots of things about my faith over the last 12 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and so here's the thing. And so a lot of my books and a lot of my blogs and podcasts and, 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 and a lot of everything that I'm focused on is sort of like um, talking about my own deconstruction of some of my, my faith but also helping other people that are also questioning and, and uh, leading them, helping them uh, mm-hmm. process some of these things. But here's what I realized. And, and I only honestly realized this about maybe about six months ago. Um, I suddenly realized that there is so much, and by the way, if you're not aware of this, if your listeners are not aware of this, there is a massive wave uh, now uh, of deconstruction. Like there's all kinds of blogs and books and podcasts and people um, helping people deconstruct their faith. So I'm doing that, but there's just many, many people doing similar work. But what I noticed was there was no one doing any work on the reconstruction piece because so many people I encounter who have started to deconstruct their faith, um, some of them don't know when to stop. They just deconstruct Mm. completely out of the faith, and now they don't even know if they believe in God or what's real and what's true and and uh, and even if they don't get that far, I mean, it's a very painful, terrifying process to question your faith. And so, um, th- so, so there was nothing to help people also then sort of find um, a safe 
space and a, and a foundation for reconstructing space. Like, okay, I, I question these things. I've, I've seen what's wrong with a lot of religion, but mm-hmm. what's the good? What's the, what's the part I can salvage to move forward? And so that's what I right. decided. I started this, um, I started studying it. I started looking to see, and I realized basically like there was almost nothing out there for, for this sort of helping people go from deconstruction to reconstruction. Um, and so then I, I decided to start this program uh, called Square One, and, and it's, it's designed to help people process through all that. Yeah. What, what form does that program take right now? Yeah, so right now, again, I've just started it, so I've only been doing it. Um, this is the uh, – we're on the eighth week at this point. Um, so it's a 90-day program. Um, so the form is I uh, – people sign up for it. Um, I've got a website that people can sign up for. I, I've, already got, I've already got the first one running, so we're not taking people – we're not taking new people at the moment. Um, so I've got like 15 people in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, every week I, I record a video, sort of a session, a lesson um, on a t- particular topic. They watch it and then um, have some homework, usually things I'm going to ask them to work on and think about. And then at the end of the week, usually on a Sunday afternoon, uh, we have a video conference call with everybody. And we just see how, how did it go? You know, how did you do with that? How did you process that? Where are you at um, in this, in this uh, stage? And, uh, and we can, so each week we go through a different topic and work through something different. And the goal is at the end of these 12 weeks um, that we're going to hopefully have, uh, I mean, I hope this is, it's going to work out, but so far it seems to be working, um, that we're going to be able to hand people some tools, some very practical tools for mm-hmm. how to move forward with their faith um, after this deconstruction. Wow. Um what do you find uh so so how many weeks have you done so far yeah so we're on the eighth week so we've got okay. um oh, yeah so eight weeks and, so, and it's going to be a 12-week program so right you're two thir- two-thirds of the way through um yep. tell tell me what you're finding out so far um how, yeah. how are the people responding and 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 uh are they able to, uh, to to get some of this back together again, or are they struggling, you know, with yeah. it even more? Or, yeah, tell us how it's going. I'm curious. So, yeah, here's here's some of the, yeah here's some of the things that I've noticed about when people go through the deconstruction process. So, um, <clears throat> and I found this really fascinating because again, I've been, I've done it myself. Um, when so when you're when you're questioning your faith, your brain is in sort of this critical mode. You're, you're looking at scripture. You're looking at the teachings of your church. You're looking at tradition. You're looking at people around you who are Christians and you're looking at it through a critical lens. And you're, what you're looking for is, well, what doesn't make sense? What's wrong with this? Why, what doesn't measure up? And you have to have that mindset to properly deconstruct some of these things that are toxic and, and they're not good, and they're fear-based and all that. So, so that's a necessary part of deconstruction. However, if you do not um, retrain your brain to break out of that negative, critical way of seeing everything, I mean, you will be stuck in this mm. critical, negative place. 
And that's what I've noticed is people kind of get in this loop of just doing nothing but complaining about the way the church is wrong and how I can't believe people believe this and all. And they just, and they can't get out of it. They can't break out of it. And so that's one of the first things is helping people recognize that and understanding that they've got to break out of that, you know, basically complaining mm-hmm. and being angry. And you've got to, you, you basically need to rewire your brain. And the good news is all the research that's been done uh, on the brain is that the, the brain has a plasticity, which means your brain, you can retrain your brain. You have the ability to tell your brain doing certain things uh, you can do to get your brain to shift gears, to stop being so negative and critical all the time, but to mm-hmm. then to start looking for what's good and what's right. I know that thinking of the scripture that says, whatever is good, whatever is noble, mm-hmm. whatever is true, think on such things. And that's sort of the, the path we try to get them to shift into that gear of like, okay, Mm-hmm. We all agree there's bad stuff. We all agree there's negative stuff. But what's the good? Like, let's start looking for the positive thing. So that's one of the first things we deal with. The, the, the other thing we deal with is forgiveness. Because when you deconstruct your faith, um, it's, not, it's not just like um, changing your mind about a certain doctrine or changing your view of, of a certain belief. It's much deeper than that. Because usually what happens is when you start expressing the fact that you don't believe that anymore or you question this belief or something, um, you get backlash. And so you end up losing the three Fs. You lose uh, fellowship, you lose friends, and sadly for many people, you lose family. In other words, people say, well, if you don't believe that, then I, don't, I can't hang out with you. I can't be around you. You're not, you're not invited to my house anymore. Um, and so mm. that's a painful, emotional thing. So now not only are you out here floating not knowing what to believe about certain doctrines or beliefs, you're also all alone because your support system, your family, your friends, and your, your church community have abandoned you. Um, and so uh, because of that, one of, the, one of the key things to recovering from the deconstruction is, is forgiving people, like recognizing why people mm. reacted to you that way and letting it go. You have to let it go because otherwise you're allowing those people to control your mm-hmm. life and to control your your happiness, right? You're they're going to hold you back, and so it's really for you. You, for your own health, have to forgive. And I've also been astounded as I've done some research on this. Uh, scientific research has backed up this idea that it, when people hold on to unforgiveness and resentment, um, it leads to mental illness. It leads to heart disease. It leads to stress. Mm. Um, like. It's, it's very, very – I mean, it's dangerous. It's deadly if you don't, um, if you don't process this and deal with it. So it's, it's really, really necessary for us and for many reasons to uh, learn to forgive and let go um, of all those past hurts. And then we rewire our brains. We go through learning how to, to think in a different way that's more positive. And then the final – well, not the final, but one of the, one of the major steps that we, we take um, – is learning to practice what I call practical grace. Um, it's again, it's sort of like making a decision um, that you want to live your life a certain way, and so that means you want to be someone who is loving, who is forgiving, who is merciful, who has grace for other people, even if they don't agree with you, even if they believe differently from you. Um, mm. And so those are just some of the key components uh, of what we're dealing with each week in square one is, is developing these new practices. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Uh, and and how are people doing? Are they are they able to uh, uh, are they able to change and uh, get more positive attitudes? Are you watching that happen with these people? Well, you know or, what? Um, I guess I guess it's sort of par for the course because not. I mean, I wish I could say yes. Every single person is completely, you know, hmm. getting it and they're tracking. I would say mm-hmm. I think most of them are. The majority of mm-hmm. them are. What I'm noticing, though, is that different people are at different points, and this is just true of anything. Different sure. people are at different points in their spiritual development, and, and they're all at different points in their deconstruction. And some of them, this is just too new and raw for them. They're not, they're not at the point yet that they're uh, ready to forgive or they're ready to um, shift gears into being, uh, not being so critical or whatever. So um, I'd say there's like maybe two or three people that are uh, where this is really difficult for them. This is a struggle for them. Um, but most of them are, are opening up to it. Most of them are like, because, it, <laughs> because they're at a place where they've, they've been in pain um, hmm. and, and in this kind of uh, lonely place for so long, you know, there's a desperation there where it's like, you know what, Keith, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I've tried. It, this can't be mm-hmm. worse than what I'm going through now, right? So the people that are willing to go for it and to really do the homework and, and invest the time in it, yes, I'm, uh, I'm glad to say I'm seeing some changes. But, again, some people are resisting it, uh, and I can mm-hmm. see that they are. Mm-hmm. I can see that they're not quite ready to fully forgive or they're not quite ready to get out of mm. the loop of, of just complaining all the time. Um, yeah. But my hope is by the time we get to the end of this that, that that's going uh, you know, yeah. to come along. Have you been able to identify what what shows up the most um, in terms of what has tripped people up? You know, what when they deconstruct, what are the are there are there certain things you see coming up um, a yeah. lot that that people have wrong or that they need to get rid of or you know what. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, no, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, so, and, and we actually deal with that, I think, in the second session. So early on, mm-hmm. um, we mm-hmm. address the fact that um, there's no one thing. Like, there's not a single set path. So like, first you deconstruct church, then you deconstruct the Bible, then you deconstruct hell, then mm-hmm. you deconstruct suffering, then you deconstruct the end times. Like, uh, it's not, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not, it's not like that. It's like, uh, so everyone's got their, and I'll even ask them, you know, when we started off, I was like, you know, go around and, and let's all just hear, like, what was the first thing for you that um, that put you in this direction of you starting to question your faith or deconstruct something you thought was true? And and, and I'll get, again, uh, this myriad of answers. For some people, it's, well, you know, my church kept saying Jesus was going to come back, and we were all waiting, and then it didn't happen, and then I started wondering, then I started questioning. Or, well, my pastor said the Bible has no no errors, and it's all perfectly right. Well, then I started looking and studying, and I and, and I had questions he couldn't answer, and that huh. was what sent me, or or whatever. Like there's so many things, right? It could be mm-hmm. it could be church. It could be that the church that you're a part of, specifically, maybe there was someone who was abusive or uh, who wasn't very Christ-like in a position of authority, and that that kind of set you off in this direction. Or um, there's just a myriad of things. I mean. Um, mm-hmm. It could, be, it could be, like you said, you go to college, and suddenly uh, you're taking a philosophy class or a humanities class, and it's causing, it's sort of challenging some uh, assumptions you had about your Christianity. It could be that. 
So uh, we all, everybody has a sort of a different starting point. But the thing is, once you begin to sort of pull the thread on, on certain things, uh, many other things like dominoes, they just kind of start also falling. And, and hmm. if, you're, if it happens too quickly for some people, then they, they don't know what to hold on to. You know, they're, they're kind of stuck. Is this going to be uh, is this going to be another book, Keith? <laughs> yes. Or is, yes, actually yes. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the 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 course is called Square One uh, from Deconstruction to Reconstruction, and I am and I'm and I've been very open with everybody in the group, um, and, and I've asked their permission. Like uh, I want to be able to with you know, again with their with their full permission, I want to be able mm-hmm. to use some of their testimonies and stories uh, and to write a book. So then, because again, that I can tell there's nothing specifically about reconstruction. So I want to be able to publish a book, probably going to be called square one. Um, that will be, a, that I could give to people that would help people who are deconstructing um, that would walk them through these different stages, help them understand mm-hmm. what's happening to them, why they're going through it and how to kind of break out of this mm-hmm. cycle and, and, and redirect it to something that's much more positive. Um, again, just finding this foundation for rebuilding. Yeah. The faith. What do you think of the main what are the main this may be hard too hard to answer but the the main causes of of uh people's turning away and uh needing needing to go through this uh I mean yeah. d- does everybody have to do this to some <laughs> extent you know I well, yeah uh, I don't know I mean uh, it's funny cuz someone told me that once they said oh mm-hmm. you know Keith um you act like everyone should deconstruct. And I'm like, no, actually, if you're happy where you are, um, stay there. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to artificially create the, you know, push somebody yeah. in this direction. Um, I, I, well, I think, I don't, so not everyone has to do it, but, but I, here's what I think I've noticed. Um, if, if your faith is in, is primarily in a book, like, so if you, if you're, faith is primarily in the Bible, then if, if someone demonstrates to you there's some problems with the Bible, then, mm-hmm. then so that, that's what your faith was in, not in Christ, it was in a book, well, then, mm-hmm. then that's going to shake you. If your faith is in your church, okay, so like your, your faith is in your denomination mm-hmm. or your faith is in just church in general, well, then once somebody questions that or shakes that for you, then, then it crumbles because your faith wasn't in mm-hmm. Christ. It was in it was in a church or denomination or whatever. So that's part of it. I think it's when we put our faith and our hope in something other than Christ. Because to me, there's one thing that can't be shaken, and that's Christ. Um, and so uh, that that to me is sort of the first thing I've noticed is that if you put your faith in something other than Christ, and once mm-hmm. people start to shake these other things, that can really the, the whole house of cards falls down. Yeah, well that that's a good thing though, isn't it? I mean, yes. isn't that a good no, thing? I agree. No, I totally <laughs> think, I mean, honestly, most yeah. of the things that I that I think people have deconstructed are things that they need to deconstruct. They're, like, they're things that right. are that can be toxic. It's, it's sort of like it's more about people using fear to control you and manipulate mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. um, and I think, yeah, you should you should question those things and you should. Yeah, uh, you're better off. You're better off without those things. Yeah, this uh, I, I would think that traditions might play a big role here that uh oh yeah uh you know i i think that's that's what's been hard for me 
um, is growing growing up in the church are all the things that were extra biblical things that yes. uh, that were added on. Yes. You, do you run into a lot of that? I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Because um, I mean, I was I grew up Southern Baptist. I was licensed under Dean Southern Baptist, and and my experience was, um, and th- these were sort of the major things I deconstructed, was just recognizing that there were other ways to to view other other Christian ways to understand certain concepts. But I didn't even know that there were other Christian ways to to think of these things because. I was basically told there's one Christian way to think about this, and this is it. And if mm-hmm. anybody says anything other than that, you know, you should be afraid of them. They're lying to you. They're deceiving you. And so, you know, oh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess I better just mm. not question anything and stay right here. Well, then the more I learned and, and you know, I started studying church yeah. history and I started studying the Bible for myself, and I was like, well, no, actually, there's several. There's many other ways. There's lots of different views of a lot of these things. and and, and maybe I shouldn't limit myself to only one. Um, but again, if you were raised in that very rigid system where you're told there's only one way to think of the Bible or the end times or the second coming or, or salvation or, or hell or whatever, um, then the, the first time someone can show you in the Bible a different view, wow, now what do I do? Because there it is. It's in the scripture, and it challenges what I was mm-hmm. told was the only thing to believe, and now what? Now, you and I have... Have, have deconstructed and questioned things, and, and I know you're personally you're big on the whole thing. Like, hey, you, we need to keep growing and questioning and maturing mm-hmm. in our faith. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, but some people um, they're raised in such a way to be taught that to question is it's almost like is wrong. Questioning yeah. itself mm-hmm. is a sin. Yeah, it's a sin to even right. question. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the that questioning is the same as unbelief. Right, and, um, which is not and, true. Yeah, the, yeah. The, opposite, the opposite of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for a lot of Christians, there's not a lot of mystery in our faith. We, we don't embrace mystery. We want to know. And then it, whatever, whatever I happen to believe, uh, of course, is 100% right, and I can't be wrong about anything. Oh, boy. Which is not a good way, not a good way to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that hundred one hundred percent right deal causes lots of trouble, doesn't it? Yeah, sure does. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, you know, Keith, we talked uh, earlier about how you have a new book coming out, talking about things that need to be deconstructed and put together back again. Um, tell us, just we only have a few minutes, but. I was fascinated by um, by by what what you've tried to put together in in this book. So uh, give us a, just a real quick overview, kind of sure. tantalize us a little bit about this. I book. will. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to give you a teaser. Um, yeah, so this this is a book. Uh, this book is about hell. It's called Jesus Undefeated. And what I'm trying to do ultimately is really just educate Christians about the fact that there's more than one Christian biblical scripturally based view of hell. Um, again, Southern Baptist, I was raised to believe there's only one, and that was eternal torment. But then the reality is, historically, for the first 500 years of church history, there were three views of hell that Christians believed and held, um, you know, different people have held these different beliefs, uh, but they were all Christians. Uh, and, this, and those three views are, of course, uh, eternal torment, but also annihilation, or 
what's called universal reconciliation. Um, I mean, even to the point of um, Gregory of Nazianus and Gregory of Nyssa were on the councils that determined, you know, the, the doctrine of the Trinity, and they were universalists. So they were seen as Christian, and, and even though they were universalists, they were allowed to be the chair people of those councils. So, and that wasn't seen mm. as heretical. That was, that was seen as Christian. But again, we're so programmed to think there's only one Christian way of thinking of that view. So I'm just trying to show Christians that there are three biblical views, and I try to go through each of the views and look at the scriptural support for each view and help people process through uh, what these different views uh, are and to hopefully decide which one they think makes more sense. Hmm. Why do you think that's important? Well, you know what? I, here's why. And here, talk about a teaser. Here's why. I think uh, of those three views, you, it, go, it, it comes down to this, the character of God. Do you see God as a destroyer? Well, then you would accept annihilation. Do you see God as a torturer? Well, then, you, then eternal torment would make sense. But do you see God as a loving father who's a healer? Well, then universal reconciliation would make sense. Um, and so that's why I think it matters, because it sort of really boils down to at the end of all the theology and scripture and, and uh, you know, discussion, uh, what is the character of God? Who is the God we love and serve and the one that Christ mm-hmm. reveals to us? Um, I, that's why I think it matters, because the, the, the way we express this view says a lot about the nature of God. Hmm. What does it say about uh, you know there there are some there are some popular Christians today who are are, are saying that they're pretty much they're saying that there isn't any hell at all and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what does that what does that do to our understanding of of the gospel and you know, why people need to be saved. Isn't it tied somehow tied all together there? Yeah. So um, again, all three views uh, understand that there's, there are consequences to our actions. So it's Mm -hmm. no one is getting off the hook. No one is escaping uh, the judgment. Um, So that's, you know, that, that all three views would, would affirm that there are uh, consequences for our actions. Um, So yeah, it's not saying that everybody, somebody gets off free. And as I was telling you earlier, uh, the universal reconciliation view would actually say that everyone passes through the fire. Jesus says, "All will pass. All everyone will be salted with fire." Um, and Paul Paul's the passage where he talks about um, that we will pass through the fire. We'll go through this judgment process. Um, that's the the purpose of the fire is restoration, um, not torture, not um, destruction. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, so, so in that universal reconciliation view, it's not the idea there's no hell. It's actually uh, it, they they would say everyone passes through that fire, including you, know, you, me, Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, uh, everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, every human being will pass through whatever this, the fire is a metaphor. It, it, there's some form of purification that we have to go through that burns away anything in us that is not of God and, and reveals um, the character of God, the, the nature of God. That's, mm-hmm. you know, the breath of God, the breath of God is that's in all of us because mm-hmm. we're all the children mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. And, and and isn't it also our works? Um, you know, the the wood, hay, and stubble, and the gold and precious stones that yeah, Paul talks about. Uh, it, 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 yes, but all, but what Paul says, what's interesting about that is that when Paul also says that even if everything is burned up and there's nothing left, like there are no 
mm-hmm. works, um, you're still the, the person is still saved. And yeah. So it is. So the salvation is not. It's not based on works. I mean, there is uh, there's the right. other side of the coin. There's scriptures that talk about there's rewards, right, for things that are good that that, are, that is done. Um, but it, that's not what saves us. I mean, no, none of us is going to be saved because of any works we've done. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's, so it's still a Christ. It's still a it's still a Christ-centered idea of universal reconciliation, right? It's this idea. Um, God is the savior of all men, but especially those who believe. Or as, as Paul says, I think in Romans, that as in Adam all died, but as in Christ all will be made alive. Um, it's, mm. that, it's those kinds of ideas. Mm. Mm. But hopefully it's something that people are curious enough. I feel like uh, this, this topic of hell is something that people um, do wrestle with a lot. And so uh, I wrote the book to help people think through all three views for themselves. And we look through mm-hmm. each of those scriptures one at a time. Um, and just see what's really going on when it comes to this idea of hell. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Keith, uh, our time's up. But, uh, gosh, I just love the way you keep thinking through things. Um, you know, you think you're ever going to run out of <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff to, uh, to got, write about? I've got the, no, I've got my next five books already already uh, planned out. <laughs> You you got it all planned out from here? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I got a. I'm actually my goal is I'm going to publish Square One book in March. I'm going to publish a, a follow up book to Jesus Untangled about politics, uh, July the fourth, and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to write a book about the end times that'll come out a year from now in next November, uh, and then in February of 2021 I'm going to write a book about the cross. My so goodness. I'll be, busy. <laughs> I'll be a busy man. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested in uh, some more thoughts about politics. That sounds yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we are we're we're, we're in such a mess. Um, we're, it's worse now than it was <laughs> before. So I feel like I, that's why I felt like I have to go back and revisit this topic because I feel like there's still so much we need to understand about yeah. the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of America. Right. Right. Good. Good. We'll keep it up. Keep it up, Keith. Thanks, man. You're, you're, you're keeping us thinking, and uh, I really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and thanks for being available uh, tonight as, to talk with us on Blog Talk Radio. And um, I, I can tell by the things you're thinking about and talking about, this will not be the last time, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's pretty cool. Well, there you go, folks. Cool. Really good. Thinking about deconstructing your faith, putting it all back together. Keith Giles, G-I-L-E-S. Look him up and uh, find out about his books. And and, uh, he helps you think through your faith. All right. God bless you. Realize that questioning your faith is not doubting, nor is it unbelief. God wants us to think through stuff and and ask him questions and work on it. That's, That's part of the deal. Okay, everybody? That's the way we grow. 
God bless you. We will see you next week. Bye-bye now.